This is the EVP Podcast. It's a new year and it's a new EVP episode. What's up, y'all? We're back. It's Ghosty. And Beaker. And and this guy. I guess I'll go by uh, B-Dog. B-Dog. B-Dog is here. All right. B-Dog's in the house. So, yes. All right. We're starting off the year with a, with a guest episode. And we remember to introduce ourselves this time instead we of did. about five minutes into the episode. <laughs> I knew I knew something was missing. I went and re-listened <laughs> to that, and it was awesome because you're like, "Did we say who we were?" And I'm like, "I'm bigger." Like it didn't even miss a beat. I was like, it was literally like five minutes in. It was great. Uh, any anything spooky happen over the holiday? No. Yeah. Is there supposed to? No, I'm just wondering if any if you got in anything spooky. I don't think I did. I mean, I, I'm trying to plan some trips to, uh, it's, it's going to happen this year, Mr. Paul. It's I'm coming to Virginia City. This year? Finally? This, this year, finally. 2024 is going to be our year. I've got some friends in California that want it. They really want to go to Virginia City. I'm tagging so, along whether you like it or not. No, it's fine. I'm a little <laughs> upset, though. Did uh, We didn't win his I contest. Know, I know. Did, did you even do it this time? I did. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, my name was on the will. I paused it to make sure. Uh, our good friend, Terry Finley, uh, she won the trip. Who you heard on the Scared and Fascinated with the Finleys episode. Yes. So, uh, Terry, if you need some people to come with you on the Bodyguards. Yeah, just let us know. We'll be there. Yeah. Uh, we'd, we'd love to make sure you're, you guys are safe. I just want the free pizza. <laughs> you just want the free pizza? Yeah. <laughs> I want to go for the spooks. I'm just going for the pizza. Anyways, yeah, well, I'm... I think this year our goal should to try to do at least one trip trip uh, to somewhere outside of Utah so we can talk about it on the show. I'm down. At least one. I would like to do four. I would like to do try to do like one a quarter. Mm-hmm. That's that's my goal, but I'll, sh- I'll settle for at least one be cool outside of Utah. It'd be cool to go down to uh, New Orleans too. Well, I think it'll one. be easier now with my new work schedule. Because I'll have get every those other, days off. I'll have, yeah. I'll have a three day weekend every other weekend. Yeah, get so those three. I'll ways. have more days off, so it should be easier for me to go out and do stuff. Three ways on your three days off. Yes, sir. Yeah. Me, you, and whoever's there. B dog. B dog. It ain't gay if it's a three way. B dog. It's not gay if you get paid. Um, <laughs> those are the rules that I made up. Um, yeah, I need a trip. I need a trip. <laughs> I'll be the muscle too. <laughs> But we've brought you on, B Dog, because you've got you've got some stuff that's happened throughout your life, and some sure crazy have. some crazy stories to tell us about. I sure do. Yeah. Uh, thanks for uh, having me, guys. Um, so I don't know where to start. Um, growing up, um, LDS. I'm in, sorry. In so did I. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know what that's we like. We all I, did that's on a this other, behind that's the table segment. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, you know, I was always looking for people that were outsiders of that, you know, naturally, because you know what you get in there. And so I was kind of attracted to different people with different upbringings. And in high school, I I met a witch. She was a self, you know, valid Come a little witch. closer to the mic. Uh, so I, I met a witch. Uh, she said she was a witch in high school. She came up to me, introduced herself to me, and said that I could help her. That she sees some light in me, that uh, and she's you know troubled. She comes from a family, long line of witches, and and they're trying to kill her. Blah blah blah. And what city was this in? This was in Murray. I went to Murray. Murray? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I was like, sure, of course. You know, I'm a nice guy. Want to help? And uh, 
So I slough the next couple periods. We go and slough's the Utah term for yeah, skipping for, class. Those <laughs> 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 outside of Utah. <laughs> so so I I sit and give her some time, listen to her story, and she convinces me that. Yeah, this this stuff is real. She starts using language like astral projection. I was like, "What's that? Uh, where I can leave my body and I can come and visit and go wherever I want." So I was like, "Okay, you know." She was kind of cute, so I was like flirting. I was like, "Well, why don't you come and visit me in my bedroom, you know, tonight, <laughs> and you can tell me what my bedroom looks like?" She goes, "Okay, here, take these stones and take this scroll and set it somewhere in your room." I was like, "Okay." So I'm there at night, you know, looking around my room. No, no, she's she's not here. Next day in school, she was brand new to the school, by the way. She didn't know anybody, especially any of my friends, which, you know, two or three had been in my room to, to know what it looks like. So next day, I, I go up to her. I was like, ah, so I didn't see you last night. Did you go to my room? Did you see anything? And she's like, I, I did. Okay. Describe my room. Blue carpet. One for one. Uh, this wall, you have an excess poster. I was like, whoa, okay, which one of my friends you've been talking to? She didn't know any of my friends. So she, she described three or four things in my room to a T. So I was pretty convinced. She gave me a couple methods on how to do this, because I was like, okay, I want to be able to do this. I tried and tried, got into a very deep meditative state, couldn't make it work to save my life. I started looking elsewhere into different methods of doing it. The first time I tried this different method, I was out of my body. I couldn't believe it, um, but I was. I turned around, I was like buoyant, and I saw myself laying there in bed, and then I got spooked seeing myself. That's when I fell, kind of lost control. I fell through my body, what I can only describe as a, a different realm for a split second. Um, saw a being, a giant being with a giant head and giant eyes, right before me. Didn't speak with his mouth, but spoke through me. Do you want to play the Is it time to play the game? I was like, <laughs> They made a series of bed. movies off of this. So, I think it involved like uh, a, a little puppet with spirals on his face, and he rode a tricycle. <laughs> <laughs> you want to play a game? <laughs> I want to play a game. <laughs> it felt like a dream, but not. So I, anyway, I, I think I've opened up a door way obviously how old were you did you say you were i was in high school i was in my senior year so okay 17 18 yeah 18 um so nothing really happened after that and i never really got into that anymore um because it kind of scared me i was like okay i'm done playing with that um and then later in life uh where uh, i had a, a ufo encounter in 2007 um at this time uh, this was September 19th, about 10:15 p.m. at night, here in Harriman, Utah, which is just east of the Bingham Copper Mine. Um, my wife and I, and my daughter was three years old at that time, were watching a movie, having a barbecue at my sister brother-in-law's house, and uh, the movie had ended. So I had my truck parked across the street, and I had just taken some of the the stuff from the barbecue and my daughter's diaper bag, put it in the truck, and I was going to come and get my daughter and put her in the car seat because she was asleep, and we were going to, you know, call it an evening. So I walk out the door to my truck, unlock it, put the bags in the truck, walk back across the street, and about halfway, you know, just looking in the horizon, I noticed that it was such a clear night. Stars were, you know, bright. There was, it was very quiet. And then out of my peripheral up, you know, I, I noticed some lights. 
and I stopped right in the middle of the road to see, you know, what this bright light was. And there were two bright white, the brightest white. You know, if you're looking at the full moon, uh, it's bigger and brighter than the full moon. But they were about 45 degrees uh, from each other, flying in, you know, in sync with one another. I stop to see if they were conventional aircraft, because at this time I was working at Homeland Security um, in federal aviation, so I, I know my commercial airline. Um, I didn't see any blinking lights, I just see two bright round balls of light moving at a trajectory from north to south, straight, straight above me. And I would say they were higher than conventional aircraft travel, but well within the atmosphere. So I stop, see if I can hear any sound, no sound, no jets, and I watched them for probably 15-20 seconds. So by this time I was outside for maybe 30 seconds, 45 seconds, you know, watching them for maybe 20 seconds. And as soon as they got right over me, I felt this synchronicity, like, whoa, there's an intelligence. All the hair stood up in the back of my neck. Um, it was like they knew I was seeing them and vice versa. So the next thing I wanted to do is get people out, come see what I'm seeing. This is, I've never seen this before. So I watch them about maybe 15, 20 seconds, they get right over me. I dart, I'm in the middle of the road. I dart as fast as I could, took one step inside the door. Guys, 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 come on out. My brother-in-law, Josh, was right behind me. Uh, my wife was right behind him. And then my sister, Allison, um, came out maybe like a minute later. Um, so I ran back out to the street. So this time frame, from the first time I left the home, I was maybe gone a minute and a half. I was back out into the street and I was pointing for, at the point where I last saw them in the sky. And the trajectory that they were moving, you know, the speed they were moving, they should have been maybe a little bit more here. They were gone. I'm sitting there and I'm noticing, I'm like shaking like this, like a leaf and I'm and I was just like filled with electricity. And my wife was like, whoa, what the heck's going on? I was like, where are they? Where'd they go? I was just beside myself. Where are these things? So we start talking, we're hanging out, you know, just watching for them to reappear. And I was just like, I don't get it. I was just out here. You know, I was out here for two minutes max. And that's when my, my brother-in-law said, no, do you have some missing time? Yes. That's, that's what, uh, I want. I didn't want to like interrupt before, but I wanted. I was going to ask you how much time were you missing? <laughs> you were well, you were gone for. Uh, I want to say at least an hour. No, they they actually were about to come look for me. Oh, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> that was the weirdest. <laughs> what are you doing? Aliens are talking. Sorry. <laughs> Get closer, so, a little closer to your bike. So so yeah, I I started referring. I was like, oh, I was just out here for a minute and a half. I'd just been out here to take the bags out, and that's when they all said. Whoa, no, we were just wondering and talking about where in the heck you went. We didn't know if you took a walk or if you like, fell asleep in the truck. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, you were gone for at least 20 minutes. And I was like, shut up. And, and my wife, if you know my wife, she does not mess around. She's not a joking type of person. Um, and neither is my brother-in-law and sister. But they were all on the same page uh, saying I was gone for at least 20 minutes. They're about to come look for me. So I was standing there in the middle of the road. And I, I don't remember anything other than seeing these things and then finding out that I was gone for about 20 minutes. <clears throat> so I figure it was about 10, 15 at night. 
in a residential street, if I'm sitting there for 20 minutes standing in the middle of the road, I probably would have been honked at by a car hit. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, most likely. Where was I? But then strange things started happening after that. Um, so I said my goodbyes. I was still trembling all the way home. And I got on the news. I was like, KSL, somebody else had to have seen these things. So I, I called the KSL, couldn't get a hold of anybody, no reports. It's like nobody had seen them but me. So I, I don't think anything of it. You know, I've never been into ufology in my life. Maybe I watched Star Trek growing up, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. I start having weird experiences after that. And I still keep in mind I'm working at Homeland Security. Um, the first experience I had was sitting on the couch next to my wife. And this was probably within the week after. Um, and for a split second, I could feel everything that she's feeling. Like I'm inside of her body for a, a second. I could hear what she's, the conversation that she's having with herself. Most people have an ongoing conversation in their head. Um, her cravings for food, how she felt emotionally. And it was just like an instant download. And that was the first time it had happened to me. And I was so convinced that that was her. I turned to her then and I told her exactly how she felt and scared her to death. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is, this is weird. The second time that happened, I was... Uh, I, I was working at a security checkpoint at the airport, and I was a supervisor, so we're sitting there. We have to face forward and watch for threats, you know, and screen. And there was another uh, a supervisor, and again, like how we always have these conversations going in our head, I heard him out loud, what I thought was, you know, to me, asking a question. I can't remember what he asked at this point, but I just, I knew the answer, and so I, I answered him. And that's when he smacked me and says, Brian, I, I didn't say that out loud. How do you know that? And I was like, you didn't? Well, I just heard you, you know. You were like day. Mel Gibson from What Women Want. <laughs> <laughs> so I scared him. You know, it, it happened a few other times. I was like, okay. Well, what, damn it, you're not happened? Mel Gibson. Get out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when I started really thinking uh, something definitely happened. I know what I saw. And Homeland Security, you don't want to tell everybody these kind of things. Mm -hmm. But I did, you know, a a few people that, you know, I thought I could trust. And it was all in kind phone. Hey, see any aliens today? Little green men today? And I was like, yeah, funny. But there was one guy in particular. He was an older gentleman. um, Call him Lynn. Very nice guy. He goes, Brian, I believe you. I was like, thanks, Lynn. And he's like, you know what? Hearing some of your stuff, like the psychic things that you're, the stories you're, you're saying, uh, I'm wondering if you would, you know, be a natural with remote viewing. And I was like, what's remote viewing? And he's like, well, he kind of explained how it was developed. Uh, Ingo Swan developed it, I think, back in the 70s, as psychic. And the, the CIA, the military, they actually adopted the, the science. It's, it's real. I'm convinced it's real. Um, the CIA actually had a program, I think, in the late 70s, 80s. and um, Yeah, the Project Blue Book, right? Or is it a different one? They, they may have used remote viewing in Project Blue Book. Uh, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't doubt that a, a minute. Um, so he kind of explained, and he actually was trained by Major Ed Dames, who trained it for the military. He paid money to be trained by him. But Ingo Swan trained him directly. So... He, I was trained by, you know, I felt that was pretty cool. Um, so he gave me a few assignments, targets to find, and he showed me the practice, 
how to do it, the ideogram and everything you need to do. So um, this guy you mentioned, Goswan, did he develop something? Yeah, he developed remote viewing. So he developed it and named it and everything. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And then he taught it, and it was so accurate that the, the government, CIA and other programs probably, they have teams of remote viewers. They will remote view certain targets. They will help find missing persons or certain targets you know, that they're looking for um, with pinpoint accuracy in a lot of cases. And if you have a majority of remote viewers honing in on the same type of thing, it's more likely to be correct. Right. You have to train the mind. That, I mean, there's things that come into your mind, and then there's things that you create with your own mind. You have to learn the difference between those two. Um, but he gave me some targets. I found them. He goes, Brian, you're, you're a natural. I was like, mm, cool. Uh, and so I just started kind of maybe tweaking it and doing these exercises on my own, um, which I, I freaked myself out even more <laughs> <laughs> and other people that I was doing it with. Um, for instance, one silly story, and I was at the checkpoint again, and I had some officers that were out, you know, were on the job, you know, doing remote viewing. Um, so I, I, I made up, I, I said, hey, guys, out of any boat, any vessel, it could be an aircraft carrier, it could be a tugboat, it could be a canoe, a, a kayak, any type of boat. There's a lot of different types of boats, right? You guys come together, you decide on what type of boat you want to pick, and you write it on a piece of paper, and you each think about what that boat is, and you assign four numbers each to it. So it's that's the psychic connection. Um, I never got, you know, what they chose. Um, so they have it, and they just wrote down the numbers that they all selected. And from those numbers, I did an ideogram. And you're supposed to have more, you know, quiet places to, to, to focus and, and get into that meditative state. Um, but I was doing it at the checkpoint with passengers coming through the airport. <laughs> uh, and I was still dead on. Um, so about 45 minutes later, I went through. I started getting an anchor. I started getting, this is a large object. This is a hard object. It's gray. And then I also I got an anchor. Um, won't go into the details. It's quite you know extensive. Um, so I came to the conclusion that it was a naval air aircraft carrier that they selected. So I showed them my work, and they freaked out. <laughs> I mean, they and then just seeing their reaction, all the hair stood up on the back of my neck, and then they pulled the paper out of their pocket. Naval aircraft carrier. I was like. Oh. Wow. <laughs> so it's real. I mean, there's other things, you know, you just, you see, and once you start, you know, acting upon that and, okay, this is a download, this is not me coming up with this, you start to see more clearly. So I've found things like my family's looking for things and I'll just be like, go look there. My dad's just like, geez, Brian, you don't even live here. How'd you know it was in there? I was like, I saw it. <laughs> my, my buddy, I gave him a greenhouse last night, and he took apart a bunch of posts. And um, he goes, hey, I, I'm missing one post. Uh, if you see it in your home, let me know. I was like, it's in your car. I saw it. And he goes, you're right. So it, it happens all the time. It's, I don't know, it's weird. You're useful. <laughs> I wish I could do stuff like that, because my best friend, her opal fell out of her ring recently, and she hasn't been able to find it. 
And if I could do stuff like that, I'd be like, yeah, no, here's where it's at. Show I a just, picture of it. I just, I just, well, I, could, I have a picture of the ring without the opal, but I, like, I just, all I did was, because she was at my house the day it went missing, I just kind of went out and tried to feel the energy of the, the stone and see if I could find it. And it's not at my house, but. I'm happy to give it my best shot. You can if you want to. You don't have to. Um, I'm just saying, that's, it sounds really cool that uh, you can do these kind of things. Like I honestly, when he's like, "Hey, we're gonna have someone on talking about remote viewing," I'm like, "What the hell is that? I've never heard of this." So this is all new to me. Yeah, it was new to me too until. Yeah, so what, what do you think the difference is between astral projecting and remote viewing? Um, astral projection, I believe, is where your energy or whatever makes up is in these vessels in this body escapes, and I am convinced that whatever is inside of this is much larger than our vessels. Uh, I've seen it. I've felt it. Being out of my body, we're big. We're much bigger. Um, so I think it's our energy, you know, focusing out through our pineal gland, you know, the third eye. Um, and, and that's the way I was trying to focus out. I was actually able to just levitate up through my entire body and not go out of my third eye. And that's what worked for me. Um, but yeah, and, and then the difference, a remote viewing is being able to find a target that you don't know where it is um and that's the best way because if you have any idea if somebody gives you other bits and pieces that gets in the way of any psychic ability coming through for it it kind of confuses the brain then you have to differentiate is this me making it up because i know part of the location so it, it can be tricky that's why you get more remote viewers together you have statistically better chance of accuracy that's insane. What else happened since then at Homeland Security? Well, I, I worked there until 2011. Um, have a bad back, so I had to find a new career. I in insurance and Medicare now. Uh, but really, nothing, well, no, there was a few other uh, situations that happened after that. Actually, yeah. Um, so there was one time I was in bed. It was about 3 a.m. My wife was laying next to me asleep. And I was awakened by a very bright light. Uh, and this was probably a year and a half after I saw the objects in the sky, um, which at this point they were not conventional aircraft. I don't know what they were. They were not human. Uh, they couldn't have been. So, so we're up on the second floor of this uh, townhome we were living in, in Harriman too. And this very, very bright light comes in through the upper windows of the house. I was like, wait, there's, there's no cars that are on that level that could have been shining their lights in the house like where is this bright light coming from so i was kind of sitting up at a 45 looking like what who's got the lights on and then the lights kind of dimmed out after maybe five seconds back dark again so i was like okay lay my head back down slowly and i'm looking at the ceiling it's like what was that next thing i know i see this uh, circle of light coming through the ceiling of my bedroom what the shit? About the same circumference of my room. Oh, yeah, sorry. Getting, <laughs> getting laid back here. Uh, so I, I see this light kind of slowly coming down into my room. And like, whoa, am I dreaming here? I just saw this light. What is this? So I was like, nah, I'm awake. And then I hear this voice. I didn't see any beings or anybody. I, I hear this voice kind of speaking through me. Do you want to come with us? It was like an invitation and I felt very comfortable with it and so I didn't verbally say anything back I just agreed inside my consciousness mm -hmm. next thing I know 
I was being lifted through my ceiling. At least I asked permission. I mean, that was pretty polite. I was, I was sober. <laughs> you know, I, was taking, I was doing drug tests, Homeland Security. So, no, I was not tripping on anything. Um, so I start, I was very comfortable. I remember being very okay with it. And as I was very slow going through the ceiling, and then I remember getting up maybe 50 feet, I saw the house. I was like, wow, this is very, very vivid. Um, the higher it took me up, I could see the front of me, behind me, up above me, below me. I could, like I had eyes everywhere. I can't explain it other than that, that I could see f- in front of me, behind me, below me. It was weird. Do you remember going through like the roof at all, like going through a solid object like that? Do you remember if the, if there was just like a, somehow, was it just non-existent in that tunnel of light? I didn't see like structure of wood or electrical or anything like that. If that's what you're, yeah, asking. just meaning like it just happened so quick. It was a portal. Uh-huh. They they opened the portal for him. And again, you know where I've been out of my body before. That's probably you know an easier to to do it. So yeah, I, the higher I got up, I could see more. And I remember getting so high. I was in the upper atmosphere. I could see states. I could see the coastlines. I could see the city lights at night. It was so real. Uh, and then I started feeling inside that, okay, I'm getting too far away from my wife and my daughter. I miss them. I remember feeling that feeling of I miss them. Uh, as soon as I said, I said, okay, I made up my mind, I'm done. I want to be back. I was back in my bed instantly. Just peaceful, you know, like, it's like they were doing some type of experiment emotionally to see how far I could go away before I started missing, or uh, I don't know. Interesting. I never saw any beings, um, just that ring of light, like energy, it was taking me up and I was back. Um, you know, it was another time, and I think it was shortly after this too, I was in bed, I think I had just been taking a nap, woke up, I was on my phone, and I noticed out of my right side, there was a young girl, probably nine years old, sitting in my room, kind of transparent looking, and she looked troubled, um, scared. Uh, she was, she had her knees up and her, like a long nightshirt pulled over her knees, sitting up there against uh, the wall on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I felt bad. I felt sad for her because she was so, you know, something was wrong. I mean, she had passed somehow. And so I went up to her and I was like, hello. And that scared the hell out of her. She looked at me and she just bolted right through the wall gone i wonder if that was even a ghost or if you were seeing like a different time and then you freaked her out like you were a ghost to her yeah yeah like she's (laughs) sitting there and all of a sudden she some ghost of this guy walks up and says are you okay she's like who the hell is this guy yeah that's kind of how it felt Uh, i felt bad it was like well that's weird what's going on with me yeah that's interesting that's about it that's about it and that was uh, in your house you said yeah, that was in that was in another town home in between. Yeah, we moved quite a few times. Anything else happened in that house be- besides that, or that was a one and only encounter? That was the one and only encounter in that home with uh, an entity, that nine or ten year old girl that I saw. Wow. What about any other uh, any other paranormal experiences growing up or anything? Not that I can remember. No. Had a lot of flying dreams, you know, growing up. 
but um, yeah, not not really. That's about it. So is it just the two instances with the lights, the one in the street and the one in your house, or was there any more? With the lights, that's that's it. Okay. What about last time? No more last time that I am aware of. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Did you hear that, that aliens were calling you out? <laughs> we want to lose some time over here. And if honestly, he invites you to Vegas with him, don't go. <laughs> You'll definitely lose time. And probably something else. Sleep. <laughs> and I don't know if I want to know, you know? Um, some people do the regression or the hypno. I, I can't remember. <clears throat> Dolores Cannon does that for people. She has a, a three-year waiting list. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know what it means, why me, but I've learned since delving heavily into ufology. And, and these days, you know, knowing what we know now back what we didn't know back then that you know the government and other black projects have reverse engineered all kinds of technology i wouldn't doubt for a minute that you know there's other beings out there maybe that we are in um accord with well they've already said they've acquired like uh non-human biology from from those uh down spacecrafts so, yeah. I mean, they've admitted it. Working in Homeland Security, did they bring up anything like that, like classified stuff about UFO stuff? They no, told no, him no. all sorts of classified stuff that he's going to share well, on no, the no, podcast. No, 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 no. I mean, like, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's out in the open now. They've already said UFOs are real and that they've had all these crafts and that they are uh, reverse engineering. And so they've come out and admitted all this by now. But I'm just wondering, working in Homeland Security, did they not, like, brief you guys on anything? Like, if, if anyone were to talk about things like that or if uh, or if they say, yeah, they're real, but we just shut everybody up about it. Our briefings mainly consisted of, like, terroristic threats, um, learning about different types of bombs and parts of bombs. And I worked very heavily with the bomb squad and teams that tried to breach the airport. Um, just looking at every and any possibilities of vulnerability, you know, for breach. Uh, but we never really got into that. We need to get on Space Force. Space Force handles that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm very sure. Uh, anything else? A remote viewing? Astral projection? Remote viewing, I, I mostly try. I've got a buddy who is uh, big time into finding meteors, meteorites, when they fall, because uh, you can get quite a bit of money. Right. Um, so, you know, when he gives me some information, he, he follows that, and I will try to do my remote viewing. And we're actually going to head down here in January. Um, it's by Tabernacle Crater. I don't know if you've never heard of it. No. Nope. Very interesting part of Utah. Tabernacle so Crater. Delta. Okay, and that's just desert. all desert, yeah. Yeah, it, check it out. The Tabernacle Crater, it's it's a pretty... Probably a lot of place. cool crystals and gems out there. Probably. There's a lot of spooky shit out there. I, a lot of the truck drivers are from Delta, and they tell me about their creepy stories. We should go out there. Yeah, <laughs> we should. There's there's a lot of stuff let's out there. Let's go rock counting and then... Well, I mean, there's places you can investigate out there. There's the massacre site down yeah, there. Yeah, see, we should do something like that. We should. I think that's one of the things we need to do this year when it gets warmer because it's too damn cold right now. What about, have you thought about doing remote viewing into the future? Have you tried doing something like 
say lotto numbers? I have not. No. Here's here's something that I'm just throwing out there. <laughs> I'm not sure if something that hasn't happened yet. I know there's the continuum time wave continuum thing, um, and I, I believe that I, I do sometimes see things that happen two minutes before they actually happen for whatever reason, and I'll be able to like, hey, this is coming. So I did forget about that. Thanks for the reminder. Okay, so you got a two-minute time frame. Damn, I don't know if that'll cut it. <laughs> hey, no, they made a whole movie races, on yeah. that. Yeah, next. Is that, yep. is that one next? Yep, with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, that's what Except I was thinking Except for there was that one person that, for whatever reason, let him see, like, weeks in the, in the future. But what character I just really was she? I think it's I okay Jessica, to spoil that one. That but, one from, like, 2005. Yeah. Was um, it Jessica, Jessica Biel? Biel? Yeah. Okay. I do remember that movie. The, that the was, opening scene of that movie is really cool because he's in the casino. Well, that's one of the great Nicolas Cage movies where, he, you know, he's got like a million movies, but then there's the great ones. That's one of the great ones. It is. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you should try to listen, like keep practicing and see if you can extend that to like two hours. <laughs> give it a shot. Yeah. Give it Get a some shot. lotto numbers. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, should we call that an episode? If you're going to do lotto numbers, you might as well just go to Vegas and play Keno. I mean, that that would, you know what? That ain't bad. You know, start off start off at Keno until you get kicked out of that place <laughs> to Keno somewhere else. Uh, well, where are they going to find us on the socials? Oh, they can find us at evp.pod on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you would like to email us, you can email us at evp.pod at gmail.com. Uh, after you're done doing all that, check out our affiliate link to GoStop. They've got, they still, last I saw, they still have some of their Blizzard edition. There's a Blizzard uh, edition? Of some of their gear, like the white uh, Ovilus 5, and uh, I think there was a white Flux. They had their, their winter edition stuff. So check out our affiliate link. It's on our link tree. You can find that at the... We need to start using ours again. We've we've been on break for a few weeks now. Using our Ovilus? Yeah. yeah. We need to take it out. Tell us about some haunted places to go to, guys. I've got some books that I've read, and there's there's uh, a lot of interesting stuff that I I want to cover in future episodes. So, and we plan on having more guests. I think we're we're gonna try to get. Uh, oh, Castleback! Castleback! Oh, Castleback! That we're gonna get Castleback. <laughs> sounds like a linebacker. He doesn't know it yet. He doesn't listen <laughs> to the show, but we're gonna get him. Um, <laughs> Whether he likes it or not, that's true. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, buy stuff from Ghost Stop. Buy your Ghost Hunting gear. Tell us about it. Uh, eventually I might send us some cool evidence. I might put up our, our review, view, our well, maybe we unboxing and reviews of yeah. our products. We should actually put some infield use footage now, together. Since. Now that I have more time off of work, I can actually like <laughs> put effort into this. Um, yeah. but we need that ghost yacht. So buy stuff. Yeah. Ghosty needs to go ghost hunting. I'll let you be dog. You want to do some ghost hunting with us? Anytime. Hell Anytime. yeah. Yeah. Let me know. I'm, I'm down. Okay. All right, go see don't play. My sister's that. big time into that too. I'm sure she'd be on board. She well, loves it. I have, my, I have my potluck coming up in June. We'll make sure you get an invite to that. Yeah, Excellent. hell yeah, we should do that. All right, go see don't play that. Peace out, butterflies. <laughs> say bye. Do it. Peace out. That's you. Say bye. Peace out. This is the EVP podcast.